The Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 16. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Grace and mercy and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. In this four-week sermon series, this is week two of four, we are taking a look at recognizing, rightly so, all of the things in this life that divide us. But yet, how in Christ there is unity, the only place we can find true unity. And it's not just out there that we see all these differences, right? These things that would divide us. They happen right inside here too, don't they? Right within the church. In this room right now, we come from all different backgrounds different nationalities in our blood, right? different places we were born, most of us probably in the Midwest, right? <laughs> Just a few native Arizonans here probably, right? but from all over the place, different education levels, different economic backgrounds. There's differences among us on political things, on who should be our next president or the way our country should go. There's differences among us on this whole coronavirus thing. There are many things right within this church, right within this room, that would divide us, make us different from one another. But we don't come here because of those differences, do we? That's not why we gather here. I mean, we look around and, boy, there's different age levels. And we look different, and we're from different places. All of these things that divide us, that make us different from one another, not the reason we come together. I don't, I don't know if there's any other place where you would choose to come, choose to gather with other people where you are so different from others, right? Than here. Because we don't gather around what divides us. We gather because of the one thing that unites us. That's why we're here today. Because of the place where we have unity. I was trying to think of the best analogy to describe this, these differences we have, but yet the one thing that unites us. And the, I have to use an example outside of the state of Arizona because they just don't see the sports allegiances here like you do other places. Right? I see just as many Green Bay Packers decals on cards as I do Arizona Cardinals. Right? Uh, so I, I don't know if I can use that example, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you back to where I'm from, Wisconsin. The Green Bay Packers, they are everything. The Packers are life. Right? And all throughout the week, in between games, Packers fans are divided. 
on all sorts of things, right? Who should be starting, right? What the coach should have done, right? Why we lost, right? All of these things that, that Packer fans will argue about and watch these sports shows and listen to them and just, you know, callers will call in and give their opinions, these things that divide us. But when that game time comes, for three hours, you put on your apparel and you're rooting. And you celebrate together and you groan together and moan together as <laughs> win or lose, right? You're behind that team while that game is going on. How much grander is what happens here? <laughs> so many things that would divide us and make us different from each other, but when game time comes, when we gather together here, we celebrate together. And we moan together and we groan together, right? But we're united. United in that one thing that matters most. That one thing that unites us. The people of Jesus' day were divided. We heard that here in our gospel lesson. They're divided on who Jesus is, right? Jesus asks his disciples, they're alone here. It's a rare moment where Jesus and just his disciples have some time away from the crowds. And, and so he asks them, who do the people say the Son of Man is? Who do the people say I am? And there's lots of opinions. They, they say, some say you're John the Baptist. John the Baptist at this point has already been beheaded, so you're John the Baptist, come back from the dead. Or you're one of those Old Testament prophets, Elijah, Jeremiah, or one of the others who has come back, right? The embodiment of them. Right? Lots of opinions, lots of differences, different opinions, and, and division on who this Jesus is. But Jesus cares about who those disciples think he is, or who they know he is and believe he is. And so he says, all right. There's a lot of varying opinions, but who do you say I am? And Peter is the first one to speak up. He says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Peter proclaims very boldly and very clearly and very accurately who this Jesus is. He is the Messiah. He is the Christ, that anointed one, the one that God had chosen from eternity who had come. And he's not just any ordinary person. This is... God himself, the son of the living God in human flesh, come to live the perfect life sinners cannot, the one to come and take the punishment of death for sinners on a cross, the one who came to, to defeat death by resurrection from the tomb. Peter, in this little sentence, confesses exactly who Jesus is. And Jesus' response is, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Jesus does a little wordplay here. Right? The, the name Peter in Greek means rock. But he says, on this rock I will build my church. And Jesus is not referring to Peter. Peter's not going to be the one on which Jesus builds his church. What Jesus is talking about is the rock of his confession. This confession he has just made that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. On this rock, on this confession, I will build my church, Jesus says. The church not being a building, but the church being all those who make that same confession. And friends, that's you and me. We are that church that Jesus builds is building and will continue to build. And that's the one thing that unites us. 
That's the one thing with us, with so many differences, that brings us here together. That brings us into this one place. You came here because of your confession of Jesus Christ. You came here because you are built on that rock. And here, Jesus is building his church. Friends, this is the one thing that unites us. The same confession of Peter, right? That we believe the same thing. By, he is the Messiah. He is the son of the living, living God. We believe that. We know that. We trust in that. That's why we're here. That's what gathers us together. That is the one thing, the only thing, that really can unite us. And we understand it's nothing we've done, right? We understand this is not something that, that we've come to believe in ourselves or that somehow we, we've chosen. But listen again to what Jesus says to Peter. He says, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Right? He says to, says to Peter, you know, it, it's not because you've watched me for a while now and You've, you've put all of these things together and you've come to the conclusion after analyzing all of the data you've, you've studied that I, I am the Christ. I am the son of the living God. No, he says, this didn't come from flesh and blood. Blessed are you, Peter, because this has been revealed to you. This truth of who I am, Jesus says, has been revealed to you by your Father in heaven. And friends, it's the same for us. This is not something that you figured out on your own. This is not something that you know, you've, you've made a choice about. But instead, blessed are you, blessed are we, because this truth of the gospel, this good news of a Savior has been revealed to you, has been made known to you by your Father in heaven. It's only by grace that we know and we can make that confession. It's only by grace that we unite together and make that confession together of who this Jesus is and what he has done for us and what he still has planned for us. Friends, it's only by grace that we have this unity. And let's never take that for granted. Let us never, ever take this unity that we have for granted. Let, let's never let the differences that we have, the things that would divide us, let it never squelch that thing that matters most, that unity that we have in Christ Jesus. Because Satan wants that, doesn't he? Satan wants that more than anything. He wants these differences that we have to matter more than the unity we have in Christ. I mean, he wants us to judge our fellow Christians based on their political beliefs or on what they think about the coronavirus or, or where they come from or what their educational background is or what their economic status is. Satan loves it when he can cause division in the church. Satan loves it when he can come in and cause these issues among God's people. But Jesus gives us a promise here. He says that on this rock, this rock of this confession, this one thing that makes us one, I will build my church and even the gates of Hades will not overcome it. The gates of hell cannot destroy this unity. Because this church, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the gathering of God's people around word and sacrament, that common one faith that makes us one, cannot be destroyed by Satan. 
It cannot be taken away. The gates of Hades cannot overcome it. Jesus promises that when we remain in him and remain built on that rock, remain in that confession, that that unity cannot be broken. And that those differences cannot divide us. And the wonderful truth that this church, the gathering of believers, it's not just for right now. It's not just for today, for this hour. It's not just for this lifetime. But it's forever. We just sang it in our last hymn. The church shall never perish. This holy Christian church, this communion of saints that we are gathered into by God's grace, into that one faith that unites us to Jesus and to one another, it lasts forever. Friends, there will be a day. There will be a day when, when we're called from this life or Jesus comes back, when all these differences that we now have in our lives... They're going to be gone. And we will stand before the throne. And as it says in Revelation, right, there's these multitudes from every tribe, every language, every nation, from every people on earth will be gathered before that throne as one. United. Forever. And right now we get a shadow of that. Right now we get to enjoy just a, a slice of that. As we gather together, as we unite our voices here, as we sing, as we confess, as we pray, when we get to come here and unite our voices before God, get just a foretaste of what's to come, that unity that we will share together forever. Friends, think about that. Please consider that as, as you leave here again and you go your own ways and you think about all those ways that Satan wants to divide the church. All the ways that Satan wants to divide Christians from one another through all of these things in our world. And to say the gates of Hades cannot overcome us. That we are built on the confession of Jesus Christ the Savior. That he is the rock upon which we build. That church which will stand forever. But while we wait, while we wait for the culmination, right? While we wait to see all of these differences gone and that unity perfected, we've got work to do. Jesus says here that, that I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus talks about these keys here. It's not keys to a, a building. <laughs> it's figurative language here. This is what we call the doctrine of the office of the keys, which is we're given the law and we're given the gospel. We're given God's word to share with one another, to, in love, point out a fellow Christian's sin. But also at the same time, to use the other key of the gospel, to proclaim good news of forgiveness when there is repentance. Friends, God gives us these keys to use with each other. To unite ourselves to one another and unite ourselves to God as we proclaim the word of God to one another. And over the next two weeks in this sermon series, we're going to really dig into that. We're going to talk about how we struggle through life together. That because we are one in Christ, because we come together as the church, we're there with each other. We're struggling. We're in the trenches with one another as a family of faith. 
And we're going to talk the next week about the forgiveness that we live in as we offer forgiveness and as we ask for forgiveness. And that in Christ, we find that unity as we live together and love one another as Jesus first loved us. As we forgive each other, as we support one another, as we encourage one another. This is what the church is to be doing. To use these keys for each other, with each other. To preach the word of God, proclaim law and gospel to one another so that we may remain built on that rock of Jesus Christ. But that's not all we have to do as we wait for that final culmination of our unity. Jesus says right in the last sentence, right in the last verse, it says, uh, it says, then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. This sounds strange, right? I mean, doesn't Jesus want everybody to know that he's the Messiah? Why would he tell his disciples not to go and, and, and tell them? Well, the context here is Jesus' popularity is really, really swelling right now. And also, the hatred of, of, the, of the religious leaders of the time are, is swelling for him, too. And it's not time for Jesus to go to that cross yet. It's not time for him to die and so, you've got to back off just a little bit for a little while. Let things calm down just a little bit. Don't tell anyone right now that I'm the Messiah. There will be a time. Because we know that this wasn't Jesus' command forever. Because Jesus told his disciples, and he tells us, now go. Go preach the good news to all creation. Go. Go and make disciples of all nations. Go and tell the world who the Messiah is. Who the Son of the living God is. To proclaim to the world the unity that we share. The unity that we have. And not because of us, but because of Jesus Christ. That we get to go proclaim in a world of division. In a world of differences. The one thing, the only thing that can transcend all differences. The unity that we have with Christ right now. The unity that we have as his people right now. And that we get to share forever. Dear friends, let's keep building. Let's keep building on this rock of Jesus Christ. Let's keep using those keys with one another. Let's continue to preach the gospel to the world. Let's continue to focus on that one thing. In a world that would divide us and seek to point out all our differences, let's celebrate and let's treasure and let's go and proclaim that unity that we share now and forever. May God grant us the strength to do so. Amen. Please stand.